Hello and welcome back to another episode of Mountain Talk. It's the day after Christmas and I'm recording this intro to the fourth episode as I gear up outside of Keystone Resort in Colorado. I spent yesterday here skiing and it was subpar conditions, but one of my better days of skiing this year. Last night I stayed at a hostel here in Silverthorne about 10 minutes away called The Pad. If you're ever on the I-70 corridor and need a place to stay after skiing or road tripping, I highly recommend it. Shout out to Katie for hooking that up and making me feel loved during this holiday season. Um, And for everyone who gave me birthday wishes and helped me uh, winterize my high ace. So huge shout out for that. Anyways, this episode number four is all about climbing. Alex and I sat down on a road trip on our way to Salt Lake City in early December and we talked about a lot of things. Um, We started out with recruitment polls, um, injury prevention eccentric versus concentric movement we talk about isometrics we talk about both of our training plans over the past couple weeks Um, we talk about pushing mental barriers flipping the switch growth mindsets progression is mountain athletes we talk about training stretch structures we talk about strength and power um, pushing boundaries um, and basically climbing in your own way Um, yeah So we have a lot uh, that we talk about here. Uh, There's some science, some nitty-gritty stuff. Alex has a background in anatomy and physiology, especially as it relates to exercise science, and you can hear that really shine in this episode. Um, It was recorded in early December, and there will be links to C4HP. We resource Tyler. Um, There'll be links to that in the show notes, as well as Chelsea and Alex's social medias, the people we reference here. Um, Yeah, the rest of this audio, it will be unedited and unrehearsed, and it is also the last of the subpar audio quality at full length. Alex and I talked about it, and we're going to reunite under better conditions. So bear with us as you listen to our conversation, and please reach out with questions, comments, concerns, or what we should talk about in the future. Without further ado, the next episode of Mountain Talk. Ladies first. Yeah. Ladies uh, first. Ladies first, baby. <laughs> There's this southerly gentleman. Uh, all right, so we are, Alex and I, are driving south on this is ice. <laughs> we're driving towards Vegas where, where, Salt Lake where, 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 City what is this road? I think it's uh, 70 going to Red Rocks for like 7 days yeah week uh, week long climbing trip in the sun bouldering we're going to be pad people for a week I'm, I'm always <laughs> yeah, a pad person I was about to say I'm a pad person I'm forever a pad person yeah. even though I suck uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to be living my full pad person life and I think net net positive pad person overall you're always me. you're always somehow always we're on the same level even though you don't boulders and I boulder like year round so it's <laughs> so fuck you you're <laughs> always somehow keeping up well one thing that I feel like has helped me keep up and that you introduced me to uh, was recruitment bulls yeah. and uh, Chelsea shout out yeah. also has been hyping this beating this drum towards me <laughs> um, so maybe what we're going to do is we'll talk about uh, a couple of the training tools that we've been playing around with recently and um, we'll definitely talk about some training boards how to use them as well mood boards specifically for me but I think you could use any training board um, and 
point we'll have a lot of rants from there, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so I guess if you want to start, what do you give me the elevator speech on recruitment polls theory? Why do them? Nice. Um, so this is all going to be regurgitated from Tyler Nelson, uh, Camp Four Human Performance, all uh, his research that he's done and. His like training methodology. Uh, incredible dude, Salt Lake local. He has uh, been a huge, huge influence on my approach to training uh, and specifically climbing training. Uh, C4HP. At C4HP yeah. on the Instagrams. Um, and he has incredible content that's mostly free. You can also pay to get better content, like do consultations with him. He so, so two, I think it was two seasons ago when we went down to Red Rock Canyon a lot, and I hurt my finger. Remember when I yeah, hurt my yeah. uh, ring finger? I had like a sprain, A2 pulley in my uh, middle finger, I think, and immediately went to Tyler, learned so much about rehab through him, and then he put me on a training plan and saw such quick improvement. Immediately, or I say immediately, healed my finger. It took a while, but it was way quicker than I thought it would be because we have this tendency to like, we hurt something, let's stop climbing on it. And you, that's actually the worst thing you could do for most finger injuries uh, or injuries dealing with tendons and ligaments. You need to stress that structure to actually make it heal. Um, and so that was kind of mind blowing for me because I didn't know that that's how it worked. Um, I don't really want to get into like all the rehab shit, but like, so, so that was my first real entrance into his type of methodology around training and so he's always coming out with like new uh, research and new new ways of training and he just recently did a study that you can find he talks about it on uh, Neely Quinn's training beta podcast I think he even they even talk about it on his own podcast yeah. so it's Camp for Human Performance has their own podcast where they talk about recruitment tools and it's based on research that was just done that uh, to give you like the short of it like recruitment pulls are more effective at gaining finger strength than hangboarding because <laughs> I hope that I do this justice uh, because when we are loading our fingers on a hangboard so say we've strapped some weight to ourselves and we're gonna do max innings on a hangboard. It's a pretty common one that most people do. I've, I did it for years, I know you've done it a lot. Um, when you're pulling onto a hangboard, you are eccentrically loading your fingers. So if you don't know what an eccentric load is versus a concentric load, well, let, maybe let's go over those first. Yeah. So um, if you imagine, let's just take bicep curls for example. So like, you know, um, you're saying that you're gonna do a bicep curl. If you curl the weight up to your shoulder, the, the bicep is contracting so that is a concentric action with your bicep. So a good way to equate that is um, contraction, concentric. They both start with C, they're similar <laughs> words. That's how I remember so, yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good way to do it actually. And so, so you're, you're curling your fist or your dumbbell to your shoulder, that's concentric. Um, when you're letting it down, so if you're letting it down slowly from your shoulder all the way down, that's eccentric, the muscle is elongating. Eccentric, elongating, another easy way to remember it. Um, if you are, so say you go halfway in your bicep curl, you're just gonna hold that 
um, that's an isometric where, where the muscle is not moving and there's a couple different types of isometrics one is holding a holding a weight that um, you could move easily but just holding it in place um, and then there's another type of isometric where you are you are trying to move something that is immovable um, and so that you know imagine you have like a chain set up to the floor and you're trying to curl uh, this this chain to your shoulder but it's not moving uh, so that, I wish I could remember the term. There's like a yielding isometric and then uh, I mean, we could just call it a, yeah. There, there's two different yeah. types of isometrics. One is, one is you're trying to move an immovable force and the other is not a force, essentially. Yeah. You're just holding it. So, um, and they all have different benefits and they all have different effects which, on the muscle. Which I think, yeah, we'll talk about uh, isometrics after as well. Yes. Because yeah. that's been really, really nice. So, so basically, with hangboarding, when you're going to load your body on a hangboard, you are eccentrically loading your fingers and your forearm muscles because you grab onto the board and then you let go and you're trying to resist your hand from opening up. Well, let's say we're doing a we're doing a half crimp grip where we're, where our fingers, most of our fingers are going to be about 90 degrees. We're trying to hold that and resist the eccentric action, resist our fingers from opening up. So this is not inherently bad. Um, this can actually, you know, you can obviously get a lot of strength from this, but it causes lots of fatigue to the muscles, the tendons, um, and doesn't necessarily have as much carryover. Yeah, transferability. Transferability to, to yeah. climbing, because when we're climbing, most of the time, if you're imagine you like latch a hard crimp rail and then have to move off of that, you are not necessarily hitting it and then like uh, softening into that and trying to resist yeah. your hand from opening up. You are pulling at you're actively pulling yeah. down because you have to move around it. Yeah. And so I think what I what I gather from uh, from his research and his talks about it is that um, doing these which we'll talk about how those are done just has more transferability in climbing because you're actually trying to pull your fingers down you're, you're doing a concentric action with your fingers instead of an eccentric action yeah essentially yeah. Um, you're trying to close your fingers yes. rather than resist them opening exactly exactly um, um, and also so, yeah. one thing about that before we leave the hangboarding just for a second is that uh, also you're body's ability to hold eccentric forces is like 50% higher. Way higher. So it's way higher way than higher. you could actually hold in a concentric muscle move. Right. So I think that was one thing is that that's probably what, I mean, I don't know this, but it probably contributes to the repair being a lot longer. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a good point that I didn't bring up. And that's why also, you know, doing like, um, he talks about doing uh, like weighted pull-ups, how if you like you can start at the top of a weighted pull up with a ton of weight on you and do an eccentric you know like letting your body drop yeah. to the bottom of a pull up you can do so much more weight than you could a straight pull from the bottom yeah our muscles it's just the way our muscles work they they work really well when they're in elongated positions or they're elongating it's a lot harder for a muscle to produce force when it's contracting than when it's elongated it's just the way uh, the structure of our body and our skeleton uh, muscular system works yeah. um, so 
for recruitment polls, you're trying to isolate your finger flexors. Um, so the way I have set it up in the past, and the way I think you also set it up is uh, also for people who uh, think like think just when you think finger flexors, just think of um, closing your four fingers, like your index to pinky, into a fist. Yeah, like just moving your yeah. four fingers. Yeah, like put put your hand on your forearm and, and close your fist, and you can feel your finger flexors yes, working. They're, they're on the the. Forearm. Forearm. They're on your forearm, yeah. and then your extensors are what are going to move your your fingers back, like you're yeah. uh, trying to move the tops of your fingers back towards your elbow. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking about the finger flexors. Yeah. So the recruitment poll is very specific on the finger flexors. So we need to make sure, in whatever way we do it, we're focusing the most energy or most recruitment on just those finger muscles, as opposed to anywhere else in our body. Right. So that would probably be a good baseline to start. I realize this is audio, so it's going to be kind of hard for us to yeah. depict what it is. <laughs> it's and hard I will to describe it, yeah. um, <laughs> also have pictures and videos in the show notes. Nice. FYI. Nice. Um, yeah, so you basically want to eliminate, like, your big pull muscles, like your lats. Because, like, so so what I use is a 20-millimeter edge. I think Tyler prescribes doing a bigger than a 20-millimeter edge, but I don't have that because I just have a flashboard. <laughs> and so I just have been using now the, the biggest edge. Um, and you want to attach that to something that's not gonna move. So you want that attached directly to a bar that, you know, it might have a little bit of flex to it depending because of the material that it's connected with, but it's you're not gonna be able to pull that past a certain point. And so then I like to kind of set up my elbow to be at like 90 degrees. You can also do this straight arm. Um, where your arm is straight. It'll depend on the setup. It's easier to see in like a video or a picture. It might be, I think the, maybe the easiest way to describe it audio way is actually like the de- the, the standing style. Oh yeah, yeah. So when, yeah, if you don't have many, like a, a lot of setup for this, what you can do is use, like if you have a training area at your gym or whatever, they typically have some sort of um, free weight ability to stack plates if it's a climbing gym specifically so like uh, just a way I don't know what those things are called you, I don't know you what put the weights either. on it and then it's attached to like a, a steel or steel thing yeah. where like the weight's not gonna move, move. and whatever you're attached to is not gonna pull through the weights yeah or even <laughs> simpler think of uh, girth hitching a 2x4 and standing on a 2x4 okay you're creating something that's not movable. Yeah. yeah. It's immovable. Yeah. And so the standing way, this is the way I started just because I didn't have any much fucking facility. <laughs> it was a fan. <laughs> so you take a, a two by four or something like that, wrap a double link sling around it, girth hitch it, attach the flash flashboard is what I have too. Also those little tension blocks, you'll see those at the gym. Attach that at a length that when you're standing on the two by four or the immovable object that you're pulling from, your arm is fully elongated. Fully straight. Your, your yeah. elbow is straightened out. There's not a bend to your arm. Yeah. And then my fingers, I'm doing it, I think Alex is doing it at a uh, half cramp yep. position as well. Yep. So our fingers index through pinky are at 90 degree closure and we're on the biggest edge we have and standing there, I just try to close my fingers and put force, base imagining pulling that 
that flash board to my palm, right. which can't happen. You're trying to break that shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you want to do like an easy ramp up. You know, you don't want to just like as fast as you can because our the goal, at least in yeah. the, exactly this we're talking about, is not necessarily like um, how quickly you can produce force, but like how, how hard much force you can, you can produce. Yeah. We're not talking speed right now. We're just talking about pure strength in your fingers. And so you would do like, you know, I think we do it a couple different ways the way we structure it. I kind of do a repeater style where I'll do um, one pull and I'll kind of count down five seconds. And so the first two seconds is me like ramping up to full effort. And then the last three seconds, I'm pulling as hard as I can. Um, yeah. And then I'll switch sides, do the other hand, and then I'll kind of go back and forth, trying to do like, I usually do about four on each hand, then I'll take a rest, and then I'll do that like three to four times. It's pretty loose, like, I, I kind of do it depending on my play on feel. Yeah, yeah play if I'm feeling strong, sure. I'm feeling good, um, then I'll do more. And you know, getting like getting the tin deck, the, the measuring device that you can actually attach between the block and whatever immovable object you have, shows how much force you're producing, yeah. so then, you can watch that on your phone as it's happening, and once your once your force starts to drop, then you can stop yeah. because you're not like it, it's just better to your just return rest. on investment is way yeah, way exactly. Lower. You might as well yeah. just rest and do it on the next set. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good way. And I have noticed, or at least I noticed a couple weeks ago. I feel like I kind of like peaked maybe like three weeks ago with my finger training. Um, I so a little bit of background of, about me and like my fingers in climbing, they've always been my weak spot. I remember I did an assessment with Tyler and it was hilarious. He tested my fingers and I'm pretty sure his exact words were, um, I am amazed that you can climb these seven. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, man, everything else must be going really well for you. Like, you, like your skills are there, your technical abilities are there, the rest of your bodies are strong. Your fingers are fucking weak. And I was like, wow. This is great to know. This is a wake up call. And I've always kind of known that. So I've done a lot of hangboard protocols. I, I did max hangs for multiple years. And while they felt good and I made progression in the amount of weight I could hang on a max hang, I never, I don't remember ever once feeling like, like my fingers were stronger when climbing on rock, inside or outside. And I was just like, maybe, I don't, I, I didn't know. I just thought maybe I wouldn't feel it. So after doing two weeks, like maybe four sessions of recruitment pulls, I noticed a huge jump um, when I was climbing in the gym. And then I, I you know, went outside and was climbing a little cottonwood in, in, in Salt Lake City. And um, I think I, was it, I did one V8 outside this year, working on some other ones. Uh, trying to put up some some new stuff, but like my fingers just also felt, just started too. Yeah, and we just started. Yeah. Like we'll see. This will be a good. Um, this Red Rock trip will be a good. Uh, uh, we'll get to see if how well the finger training is working. But yeah, essentially, I just I noticed a definitive like improvement yeah. in my actual finger strength, and I've never noticed that before. What well, what's your experience with it? With uh, I think so. For me, I didn't have. So the tin deck is that device he was talking about where you clip, basically you clip it between the immovable object, whatever you're moving and whatever you're pulling on, and it reads the poundage of force in kilograms, <clears throat> kilograms of force. Uh, and I didn't have that until like a week ago. And I started yes, <laughs> dabbling with the recruitment pulls uh, maybe just after I got back from Greece. 
so I don't even know what that was. Sometimes in October, November-ish, early November probably. Um, and I would just do them almost as a deadlift. I didn't, I didn't have the structure or the knowledge that Alex did. <clears throat> so I just did them uh, three times a week or so as uh, almost like a deadlift one rep, rep max and would just do one set of five seconds, the same style that he was talking about where I slowly from one to two seconds start to ramp up. And then for the last three, I look hilarious because it literally trying as hard as I can to not move. It looks funny, but when you say you did it like a deadlift, do you mean like the way you the weight was moving? No. Oh okay. no, I just mean, mean like, like I was trying as hard as I would uh, on a, on a, like a one rep match. Oh okay, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, I see. no, the weight was not moving. I was yeah, standing okay, gotcha, on it. Gotcha. And so I did that three times a week for about two weeks, and then started talking with him and Chelsea about their protocols, and now have migrated the past two weeks to almost actually identical to what Alex just said, um, and I'm doing mine. It is my, after my brief warm-up protocol in the gym, wherever I'm training, whatever, uh, I'll do uh, my isometric workout or warm-up, and then I'll do the recruitment pulls, and then I'll start to climb. And I've noticed in the past two weeks, 10 days, on the moon board, and I don't know if it's actually, there's probably multiple things physiologically happening. My mind is probably wiring the ability to try that hard yeah, on yeah. my fingers more so than a physiological adaptation. I think that's a big part moment. of it too, yeah. yeah. And that was one of the most illuminating things was about a week ago, finishing that set, thinking that that was my training, and then getting on the moon board <laughs> and floating, <Crushing>. floating <laughs> shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I've never felt my fingers be able to do the moves on the board right. as easily right. as I had in the path. Or, uh, as easily as I had in that section, which was kind of mind-blowing. Um, I just started, we just did our, actually it was just funny because we both tested, I think, the same way, right? Isolated yeah, elbow? I, yeah, I tested yeah. Yeah, both. And we but, yeah. almost are identical in our finger strength, which is pretty funny. Well, except you're, I, I weigh yeah. almost 200 pounds in here. What are you at right now? 175. Yeah, so I got, yeah. so yeah. your body, strength to body weight ratio is way, way higher. Yeah, that's true. But, <laughs> Uh, our fingers pound for pound are the same same uh, right. strength right. Um, so I, I'm not sure right now if I'm sole I mean, from the evidence so far it seems like it's going to work also theoretically it seems like it's going to work in a concentric motion sort of way the theory behind it right. and then practically it's worked really well just physiologically speaking um, and I don't really think the 10 deck is necessary until you want to start either note improvement of force on the fingers which is like actually knowing where you're at um, or rate of force like the speed right um, and it definitely allows you to track because you can't track really progress, track no. progress by like feel no. necessarily I mean you can but it's not it's not accurate. I don't think you can you're shooting in the in, dark immovable object yeah. but psychologically it's felt exactly the same like I actually don't use the measuring device unless I want to measure I've, yep. I've only used it once, and I'm not going to use it probably until maybe after this trip or something. Yep. Uh, yep. Because I like the ability of just trying to pull as hard as I can, regardless of uh, what the numbers say. Yep. The one benefit of having the 10 deck, I think, through the whole thing is really knowing when to back off. Totally. Because I don't, yep. 
sometimes I'm sure I'm overdoing it because I feel like right. I can try harder than I actually am. <laughs> yeah. But that's a lot about bouldering too, and I think it depends on what your goals are. You like sport climbing, bouldering, you just want your fingers to get strong because you don't have to read the numbers if you want to try this exercise and you try <coughs> as hard as you fucking can. Right. You're probably not going to break anything. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, I, I liked what you said about the like the physiology of it and kind of like the mental aspect of being able to pull harder because I, I think that is a huge component of it because when I feel, when I grab a hold, so say I grab a hold and it doesn't feel good. I don't feel like I can crank down on that hold. It's kind of like, it's a weak link in the chain. Like I, if I don't feel like I can pull myself into a good position to move off of it, um, I can't drive well through my feet. Yeah. My core's not fully engaged. Something my else shoulder is gonna have to uh, compensate. compensate yeah. exactly. And it's like, it just doesn't feel like a, a closed chain of strength. Whereas if I grab a hold and I can like bear down and actually feel like I can pull that thing up and engage my scapula, my core is engaged. It just, it, it, it's kind of a, it just changes the way I climb. I've noticed that like things before where I would have to find a weird way through where I'm like, I'm just not strong enough to like grab that hold. So I'll have to find some tricky uh, sequence, which has always been the way I climb things. Let me find a fucking tow hook or a heel hook anywhere. <laughs> um, now, get the weight off my fingers. Yeah, I just get any weight off my fingers so I'm weak as fuck. Um, now it's kind of like, oh, I understand. I can move a little more dynamically. I, I, I trust in my ability to, to move off of this hold. Um, I know. I yeah. think, I think that just to piggyback off on that is two things. Like, one, I think the crossover between trying hard and bouldering is an inevitable thing. If you, unless you tried bouldering very much, you know that you have to go from zero to 100% almost all the time. Um, and so that is a really big plus of the recruitment polls is it teaches you how to try hard in an environment where uh, it doesn't matter because you can't fail almost, <laughs> which is kind of funny because we were talking about failure earlier, earlier. But if I'm trying really hard on a boulder problem and I fall off, it's somewhat demoralizing <laughs> because I'm gonna have to try just as hard to get back on, if not harder. Whereas on the recruitment pole, I can just try as hard as I can and I don't have to worry about that same sort of failure. Right. Um, and then, uh, lost my train of thought. It, de it definitely, I think it's like equally important that it's like making your fingers stronger, like actually oh, yeah. building recruitment. That's why I call recruitment pulls. More of your, more of the muscles in your forearms are being recruited to do the work is essentially what, what's happening yeah. there. Um, and yeah, I think learning how to flip the switch and turn it on is so important. I, I struggle with that. I've always struggled with that where I feel like that's a big, uh, that is a trait that you have yeah. where you can Definitely. just fucking turn it on, try as hard as you can. I have had to really practice that skill. And recruitment polls have helped me learn how to just flip the switch. I mean, also like, you know, uh, doing strength training sessions, yeah. like heavy squats, yeah, heavy deadlifting is like really helped me learn how to just go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. And in bouldering, that is key. You have to know when to just flip the switch and go just fucking feral and ball, ball try as hard as you can. Um, and it's a skill that you can learn. Um, that's just like growth mindset shit, you know, yeah. like just because you can't do it, um, doesn't mean you can't learn how to do it. You are an adaptable 
animal and can learn anything. And you're beautiful. And you're beautiful. And you are strong. <laughs> and I think one thing, one thing about these recruitment polls too, we didn't back like you all have no idea where we are in our training cycles, what we're training for, nor do we have any idea of what you're doing. But I think it's useful because both of us have different schedules for what we were doing. Both have implemented these uh, techniques, and then I've seen drastic improvement already. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it's something easy enough that you don't need much equipment. You can fuck around and find out right now. Nope. <laughs> Do it for like three or four weeks, maybe two or three weeks. Yeah, I would say two, yeah. Try to assess yeah. yourself in some way. And then if you can't, I'd probably back off after two or three weeks. Yeah, that's, do something that's else. what I was going to say, too. That's that's what, what Tyler mentions, yeah. too, is that this is not something you should do, like, year-round. Yeah. You should definitely... And, like, I Further tried to note, plan, yeah. nothing should be done year-round. <laughs> right, you should, you should <laughs> not just be, like, fucking balls to the wall. Like, you you need those cycles of, of training, otherwise you're going to overtrain, or you're going to get burnt out, or yeah, both, both, and you're going to get... You're going to probably maybe hurt yourself that's how i've hurt myself is trying to extend my performance phase for yeah. too long yeah. um and so i i kind of wish i would have timed my recruitment polls a little better because i feel like you know I, I we knew this trip was happening and i was kind of like trying to peak performance for this trip um but i i think i peaked in performance a couple weeks ago um because I did notice a slight drop off after climbing outside a bit, a bit more than I normally was. Um, but the great thing is you can have like ebbs and flows in your performance. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I plan on this being a really good performance week, hopefully. We'll see how it goes. Either way, it's gonna be fun. And then, you know, when I get back to Salt Lake, trying to knock off a few more projects, and then I'll, I'll, I'm gonna try really hard this year because I've learned this, I've done this mistake multiple times and that's how I got injured is trying, like you're climbing really well, you're crushing it outside, maybe you're crushing it on the moon board. Um, and then you're like, I can keep doing, yeah. I can just keep performing. Yeah. And what actually happens when you are um, projecting a lot, you actually get weaker. <laughs> you get better at the specific yeah. projects yeah. you're doing, but your overall strength um, goes down because you're not stressing your body in the right in the ways that it's going to create strength adaptations. Totally. Yeah. Um, so that's why you have to be really smart about knowing when to be like, okay, I like don't get greedy. Just be like, fuck yeah, I had a great month of climbing. I'm gonna go into a, a, a different phase of my climbing. I'm gonna work on some other things, and then in a couple months, I'm gonna have another performance yeah. phase that maybe lasts a month, six weeks, uh, whatever. Yeah, because I've been injured that way multiple times and getting greedy. Yeah, and especially if you're like a one, a one modality style of yep. person too. Right. Like, I get a lot of rest because I don't get a lot of time <laughs> to try really hard. Right, you don't so, get to boulder all, yeah. all year round like exactly. that. Um, uh, I think one thing that, that I just thought of when you said that is that understanding the interventions that you're incorporating into your training and one one thing that I should we should probably caveat here is I'm using training and probably I mean Alex is using training in a structured program sort of way so when we say training we mean we've created some sort of program for some sort amount of time that we're sticking to regardless of how we feel right. for about 80 to 90% of the, the time. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. 
exercising is what most people are doing most of the time. They're going yeah. in, they're working out, they're doing whatever, like, you know, fucking insert whatever exercise here. And then they're going home or going climbing and then just kind of willy-nilly doing it. Right. And lots of people are really good at exercising and really bad at training. Nice. And so like that, yeah. if you want to actually take a training protocol on, I would say start very simple with maybe only one or two exercises that you can keep doing it consistently yep. for three weeks of time or whatever that is to start. Yep. Because those are where we're gonna see the most drastic improvements on whatever uh, modality type of climbing you're doing or whatever the exercise is. And so you have to be very specific because not everybody, unless you're a professional fucking athlete, then you don't have to worry about this and someone's coaching you anyways. But you don't have the time to get better at everything all at once. And so for me, just as like a little window into how I've approached training recently with the recruitment polls, is I work, uh, my summer season basically ended in August, September, went to Horseshoe Hell, and then I started my season basically the end of September, early October, with just, I went to Greece for a week and went rock climbing. And so when I came back, I needed some sort of interventions to make my performance on the rock better. And there's a lot of ways that people, and I'll keep this pretty short, but I think for people who are thinking about training, there's a lot of interventions we can do. We can do sport-specific interventions, highly like this recruitment poll is very sport-specific to climbing. We could do strength training interventions, which is like moving big objects in certain ways to make my body actually stronger. Or I could just do climbing and get better at the efficiency of actually climbing and working on the wall. And I think people miss that a lot. I see lots of people who are very strong, who don't climb well, who right. think all they need to do is go train more. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. exactly the opposite. All they need to do is go live on rocks for a while and learn how, it's not even an insult, it's just you just have to learn to dance on the rock better right. than you currently can. Right. And so I think climbing is somewhat unique and that's why I fall in love with it is because there's so many facets that we can dive into and get better at as the sport generally. And so for me, I'm pretty good at rock climbing. I've been climbing for a really long time. Yeah, I've been at it, what, for 14? 14 years, years. yeah. I mean, a lot of pad people climb, a lot of bouldering. So I, I can tend to move pretty well on rock, generally. <laughs> My technique is okay. <laughs> uh, I also have a pretty good base of physical ability from my work and from just climbing all the time. So I need very specific interventions if I'm gonna spend time to improve my climbing on the wall. So what I did is I said, okay, I'm gonna focus on isometric training for my, for my upper body, weighted pull-ups, and recruitment pulls. And those are the only three exercises that I'm gonna train for like five to six weeks of time with like recovery weeks in between. And those are the only three things I've been doing since then. And I mean, I just fucking rage on the mood board for like two days straight and felt stronger than I ever have, which is pretty awesome. And we're about to rage on some yeah, hopefully quality sandstone board. Rage on some quality sandstone. We got a good list. So I just say that because Recruitment poles are probably going to work well for you regardless of where you are because it translates so well to the sport of climbing. Yeah. Um, 
but before you just like dive into a training regimen of deadlifting for fucking ever, just make sure you're doing it for a reason, yep. that you have a structure, and you have a certain amount of time dedicated to it and not add forever. Right. And uh, if you, so let's just say somebody is like, somebody goes and they exercise a couple times a week. I, I love what you said too about people are really good at exercising and really bad at training because it's so true. Um, I see it all the time in like my work with clients, like people want to do it and they're good at getting themselves there. But when it comes to actually doing something, it's either not hard enough or they don't stick with it yeah. or they, they change it too much. It's kind of yeah. the same thing. So something I would recommend and like, you know, almost George, always is not hard enough. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's like the fucking thing that I, I eat <laughs> what I'm doing in my exercises as I'm, maybe I'm a client is that I'm not working hard enough. This feels too easy. Um, and so, like, both of us have experience in, in training. Um, I I am, am a personal trainer. I run my own strength coaching company. And so I work with clients essentially just teaching them the basics of how to train um, and what strength training is. And so if I was somebody just coming in, like, say, yeah, I go to the gym a couple times a week and I just do whatever I feel like doing, which is something that I used to do all the time, Same. is just go in and be like, oh, what do I feel like doing today? And I, and I always wanted it to be diverse and I wanted to mix it up because that's way more fun. The reality is that's a really shitty way of training. Yeah. <laughs> and you are going to see some progress, but it is going to be super minimal compared to if you have a dedicated plan yeah. that you stick to for a certain block of time. So general strength is a great place to start yeah. and you can do that in so many ways um weightlifting is fucking awesome there's a so much uh evidence and studies that have been done that show that it's one of the most beneficial things you can do as a human for your body for your physical and mental health so i would suggest general strength training um yeah learning how to deadlift is great learning how to squat is great I, I kind of like starting people with the big three, deadlift, yeah, bench, squat. Yeah. A lot of people maybe see those as like outdated or like antiquated. They have so much use yeah, yeah. <laughs> throughout all sports. So, so basically when you're doing a general strength training, say you're gonna do this for two, three months, like you just want a good baseline of fitness. Uh, you wanna just up your strength game. Um, this is a great place to start. There's some concepts that are really helpful to know if you're training hard enough. And like, honestly, I would just suggest getting a trainer. Um, I.e. me or George, oh my God, crazy. <laughs> no, crazy. Um, but you definitely don't want to just- That would be the easiest, <laughs> that's the easiest way. Right. Sure. You definitely don't want to just want to throw yourself no, into something, but you, but you do want it to be hard enough that you are making measurable progress. Yeah. Um, and so there's a kind of a fine line that you have to, have to reach there and having a, a trainer that's like knowledgeable and, and communicates well is going to be good to help you figure out where you should be in your, your strength training. And so, hopefully yeah. align your goals. Like, Dude, absolutely. It's so helpful to have a coach. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's, if if it's not amazing. only to like almost insert your program here, like going through a training, a, a true training block regimen of what do you say? Two to three months? Yeah, like yeah. eight to twelve weeks. Yeah. Twelve to sixteen. If you if you do bigger mountain programming, you're gonna be more in the 
16 to 20 to 24 even months because a lot of endurance shit takes forever. Um, but you should probably, if you've never trained before, I don't think it would ever hurt you just to get on a training program because it teaches you so much about structure, efficiency of time, uh, working out when you don't feel like you should work out. Yeah, just getting your just, ass in the gym. Yeah, yep. and, and I think the Absolutely. biggest pro almost besides the gains that you'll see in whatever your exercises are, is the behavior modification of teaching you how to do it to yourself in the future. Yep. Because it's all about getting better all the time. Yep. And so once I did, you know, back in the day, my first like true 20, 24 week strength or uh, training regime, it was easy to now just adapt, you know, understand a little bit more about whatever said thing you're doing and continue to make protocols or go back to your coaches for more fucking training and it really does become like like that's what i try to instill in people is that like this is a lifestyle change we're trying to create this yeah. is not just like something you're gonna do for a couple months and then you're gonna be like oh my god my body's perfect i feel strong and then you're gonna stop doing it yeah we are trying to change your behavior and kind of make you fall in love with this idea of working hard and progressing your your body yeah. and that's really it and like it yeah. tends to happen with every client I work with is they start off hating it and then there's eventually something clicks after a few months where they want to be there you know yeah. and so if you can really put your head down and push through those first the the difficult times where you're like oh I, I, I don't want to fucking be there I don't yeah. want to go to the gym after work this sucks I'm tired and you just do it just I guarantee yeah. you you're gonna feel better it's almost afterward. like also like seven walking in the door or like seven minutes in or 12 minutes into whatever you were supposed to be shredding yep. beyond yep. fucking beyond the worst calamity you could have imagined <laughs> it's like oh this is actually nice this is great this is great yeah and then be a great yeah. time actually. and then you get that like dopamine rush when you're finished because yep. you've completed something that you didn't necessarily want to do and it's just it's just all around great for physical mental health spiritual health even if you want to get into that because like i would yeah i mean i think they're all interrelated totally Honestly. I would not be, I would be a shitty person if I didn't, work, if yeah. I didn't have this in my life. Oh my God, the, the outlets oh uh, that I don't even realize how much emotional or just stress related dispersion that I get from the random activities that I get to do all the time. Um, how often do you get to try as hard as you can? Like rarely. Rarely. Yeah. Rarely do yeah. people do that. Most yeah. people don't fucking do that. And so, like, you actually talked about this earlier. Yeah. Most people don't even start trying, yeah. let alone right. try it harder than they can. Right? And so, like, do you want to be one of those people that just, like, doesn't try because it's hard? Or do you want to be one of the people that's like, no, fuck it. I'm, I'm a badass. I'm going to try. Even if it's really hard, I'm going to see my way through it. And I'm going to come out better on the other side. It's like, yeah. you definitely want to be Absolutely. That, that type of person. And it's, like, always in manageable sections. It's yeah. not like... Oh, I'm God. I've signed up for a 20 week training program. Uh, how will I ever get there? It's like tomorrow's the first day. Like, oh. and it takes, it takes a step. Yeah, just one step at a time. Just fucking do it. And everything will translate. Like, there's something, there's something so alike the feeling of me recruitment pulling as hard as I can, as well as like one rep max maxing on my pull-ups yeah. you know like yeah. I'm moving to fucking 140 pounds yeah. or I'm not moving anything with just my fingers and it really doesn't matter <laughs> experientially 
because it feels like I'm trying as hard as I can. Right. And it's pretty amazing to like unearth that in yourself. Like you will surprise yourself at how strong you actually are. And then that correlates to some of the other avenues. Oh of my life. god. Yeah. You like, start doing other things and you're like, well I didn't think I could I did that. deadlift four hundred pounds, but I was able to do that. So like And then before I long this. you shit decided to be dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't have access to a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I deadlifted. Yeah, <laughs> I deadlifted so hard so many years ago. I could do anything. <laughs> so talk about the homeless population. It's Salt Lake City. It's pretty bad. It goes into a total side tangent. Yeah. Politics that we. No, I, think, I guess uh, before we go there, I do yeah. want to cover isometrics, uh, yeah. just in the sense that I've been practicing them, and then your take on them will be new to me. It'll probably spark some more conversation but um chelsea would do this as a warm-up routine um and probably i think she gave it to me uh last winter might have been the first time i did it and i've been doing them a lot and so essentially what i'll do for my warm-up and this kind of like build block so i talked about the th three things i'm doing right now it's isometric um these poles that I'm about to talk about, recruitment poles, and my one rep max, uh, are the things that I'm dedicated to in the past six weeks or so to just focus on. A lot of other stuff I do, but that's willy-nilly now. Um, and so I'll warm up at the gym, and then once I feel pretty good, um, it's, what is it, 20, 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off, four times, Sorry, I will redo that. Um, <laughs> it's essentially it's 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off, and it's isometric holds in four positions. The first position is it doesn't matter what order you go in, but there are four different positions to go in, and so it's 90 degree chin up, so palms forward or palms towards your face, 90 degree hold, 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off. Next hold would be uh, palms out, so like a traditional pull-up style, 90 degrees, 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off. The next style would be palm in, 120 degrees, uh, 10 on, 20 off, and then palm out at 120 degrees. And I go through two sets of those four exercises with no breaks. So 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off, through all four of those exercises, each twice, so it's eight eight sets. I bet this came from uh, from Tyler when she did my rehab because yeah. that's exactly what he nice. had me do his warm ups. Yep. So I, I did that um, for a while, maybe two weeks or so, a full week at least without weight, and then now I just slowly have started building weight onto that, and right now I'm at like uh, 40, 35, 40 pounds in those same positions just for that exact same amount of time. And I'll do that twice a week with weight and once a week without weight. Um, and that seems to be helping. At least it, it helps my tendonitis, it seems like a lot. Yeah, the isometrics uh, are great for Yeah, because I don't feel my tendonitis. It's also in the warm-up, so it feels like it gets me primed to fucking slay. Yep. And then right after that, three minutes rest, and then I'll do my recruitment calls. 
that like really warms my fingers up nice. to get ready to rage. But that was a really simple intervention for me that I've kept for you know months and months now. Um, that seems to transfer pretty well and help me reduce my tendonitis. I, I like the the ice measures I use a lot is a uh, warm up as well. So I'll do like. Uh, I'll do recruitment pulls actually as a warm up. Um, not, I, I usually don't go as hard as I would if I was testing or doing it as like a training thing. But I'll use that as a warm up, and then I'll also do yeah like uh, isometric pulls. I, I tend to do one arm on the rings where my feet don't necessarily come off the ground, but I'll do 90 degrees and 120 degrees on both arms just with one arm. So we're doing kind yeah, of similar, similar same thing yeah. except. Mine is going to be a yep. little more like I'm not able to really fully pull until recently. I haven't been able to pull my feet off the ground. Um, and yeah, so so the reason that I do isometrics is because um, I mean, so many so many climbers think that like just doing pull ups is going to help their climbing. And while it's might not necessarily hurt your climbing, tell how many pull ups you can do. Yeah, and then like it. And that's the thing, it's like, if you're doing pull-ups without weight, and you're just doing like 20 pull-ups, I mean, that kind of gets into, into like rep schemes and like yeah. the intensity, like that's just not enough stress on your muscles to actually make you better at yeah. pulling. Like yeah. it's just doing 30 pull-ups is like sick, dude. You, you kind of like did an endurance pulling. Yeah, there's out. almost no, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say there's no strength involved, but one thing that a little bit that changed for me when I thought about strength and power and kind of like how to find the line between like am I building my actual muscle capacity to move objects heavier or am I adapting my current body to work better as it is and those are those are two tangents that we won't really go into but one thing that I think helped for me when I'm thinking about building pure strength is moving objects but the rate of movement is actually quite slow so like if I'm busting out 20 pull-ups in a minute and a half because I'm just busting the reps out, that means I have plenty of strength to do the pull-up because I'm doing them back to back to back to back. So it's not really doing anything. It's probably just hurting you a lot. You're probably just adding more fatigue yeah. that you don't need. Whereas like for me, it's like I want to focus on my pull muscle. I'm going to strap a fuck ton of weight on my body. It's just way I, more efficient. Because I can't. I'm moving so slow through space. And I only have to do one. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, I think it's just... It just comes down to efficiency. Yeah, it really does. Like, do you, would you rather do three sets of 30 pull-ups or do you want to do three sets of five pull-ups with some weight on you? Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And it just has weight. It, like, stresses your muscles in a way that actually builds strength. Yeah. So I think in one thing to way. take away from that is, like, if you think you're strength training, you should probably be moving whatever it is that you're moving, i.e. it could be your body. If you can barely do a pull-up, then doing just a pull-up, if you could actually pull it off, is probably one of the better things you could do. Oh, yeah. Because you're actually still moving. Definitely. Um, but if you're, like, moving whatever it is really fast or a lot of reps, that's not really strength training. Yeah. And I'd say, like, for beginner climbers, like, if you're just getting into it, or, like, you can't, say you can't do, like, five to ten pull-ups, it's probably a good idea to maybe do some pull-ups. Do some pull-ups. But if you're like, like I can't even remember the last time I tested my pull-ups. I, don't I could probably to. do a, an absurd I don't amount. I don't, yeah, we don't need to know. So if you're kind of more in that intermediate stage of climbing, you've been climbing for a few years, um, then I think it's time to like, like I don't, 
really do weighted pull-ups. I don't do a lot of pull work in general because I feel like I get so much from climbing yeah. that I don't need to, to do it necessarily, but I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I might cycle it in at some point, but if you're like in that intermediate stage with your climbing training, definitely try throwing some weight on there yeah, <laughs> and making it hard, totally. you know? Yeah. You don't want it to, like when you're doing 30 pull-ups or 20 pull-ups or whatever, you're gonna get that burn that you feel, but that's not from your muscles actually having to, it, it, we won't get into like the, <laughs> the physiological, the physiological shit, yeah. but like put some weight on and yeah. try to like make it harder. And like uh, just, I think that was great advice too. And I probably wouldn't tell, depend, it depends on how you climb. And so fucking record yourself, watch yourself climbing if you yeah. don't know how, yeah. because it depends on what it is. For me in this regime, I want I want to eat my cake and have it too because I don't I didn't have the time to build a platform of muscle. I just want to take what I have now and have it work as best that I can. Yep. Yep. And so it's the fastest way for me to be like, okay, I can know how to pull again. Right. Uh, I have a good uh, prompt if we're not, if we're kind of done with that tangent uh, about climbing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. In regards to just pure climbing, so let's just take bouldering for example. The purest form, the purest of, climbing. form of climbing is just like sex with their bodies. <laughs> uh, edit that out. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to do a friend Nicole and that was terrible. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to bouldering, um, what do you, or just pure climbing, what do you feel like are your main weaknesses? And how, and, and, and let's tell people how you have attacked those weaknesses. What has your strategy been at trying to change that from a weakness into maybe a strength? Um, well, it's going to be a little bit more multifaceted because I do a lot of types of climbing. Yeah, let's, let's maybe we can focus on like bouldering. Or I guess we could take it wherever, but like I was thinking about just like pure climbing movements. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. true. But we can take me, specifically, um, well, I think one big barrier that I've had in the past for climbing really hard is attempting to climb really hard. <laughs> so you can't send the things, you can't send the hard things unless you try the hard things. It took oh. me many years to understand that I should just be trying harder stuff. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. You don't even know what you're going to do. You might not be able to make a move, but you also might surprise yourself yeah. and be stronger. And there's no way to progress unless you push the boundary from where you were before. Yep. And so I think that's one big thing is I've been stalled for a while at like just running through the grades because I didn't think I was ready yet. There's it, nothing wrong with building your pyramid and you know getting a lot of volume of like climbs that are not at your limit but are like making you a better climber. There's nothing wrong with that. But, at but some I think point if we're talking pure bouldering, I think all it's about is sitting as hard as you can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, that that's yeah. what bouldering is for me, is like the exquisiteness of the movement that it requires or the power, finesse, the whole shebang. Um, I think for me, always, because I ebb and flow at the intensity that I'm climbing, fingers are always something that I can work on because rarely do I keep the capacity of my fingers through the whole year, right? Like for five months in the summer, I don't even fucking pull hard at all. Yeah. 
and so it takes me a while so I'm always training my fingers um, but rarely most of the time I've now migrated to just training on smaller poles yep. and I think that was one big thing for me in the past was yep. the moon board was a specific tool that is steep and typically has smaller holds. And so it let me climb quicker through the grades because it was just forcing me to do things on smaller holds that I wasn't, because if I'm walking through the gym, I like to be powerful and jump around. I'm naturally gonna look for the lines totally. that are gonna be jump around <laughs> yeah, and powerful. That look cool as fuck. That look cool as yeah, fuck, exactly. yeah, because yeah. I feel like I can do that. So I'll be like, oh, I can flash this bitch. Boom, throw it down and then move on. Whereas like having a training tool like the mood board or insert tool here, I think the tension board is a sweet idea and I haven't spent enough time on it, yeah, but only filter, for yeah. the ability to mirror. Yeah, yeah. Not to use it like a mood board, but to use it like a tension board. Totally. Um, and I, I just have it. They are their own thing. Yeah. Like you should mirror. I think if I was going to do it as your regime, which I might when I settle down a little bit, is like start at the base, build the pyramid, and mirror everything that I climb. Yeah, that's what I tried to do when yeah, I worked see the a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that is typically lacking for me is my toe hooking ability. Um, not necessarily my heels, but my toe hooking ability. I so, would say your heels maybe as well. I think you're pretty good, but it's like, you're, okay. you're it's not super flexible. Yeah, my inflexibility is probably one of my that's what attributes. I was going to add if you didn't add it. Oh, no, I would But it's <laughs> I was gonna say you're one of the only mobility. attributes that I don't work on. Right. Yeah. Which is the only way to change it. Yeah. But specifically is um, vertical spine or like standing, lifting my foot straight up. So like imagine it's if like you lift your foot or up dorsiflexion. and then your, um, your knees at 90 degrees. Oh, never mind. And then you keep pulling your knee up higher yeah. and so basically i bet my my cap out is probably somewhere around 90 degrees like my left foot would probably not be able to go over my knee mm. whereas a lot of really strong climbers brandon i've been climbing with a considerable like he can put his with a straight back i bet he can put his uh foot by his scrotum almost just yeah. like straight up he yeah. probably do i mean i can back. pretty much like wherever my hands are at i could probably get my I can pretty much handle that. Yeah, so no, not not about that. And the reason that I haven't trained it much is because I, one, haven't had a structure. Right. And it's like shooting in the dark. And I'm really bad about asking for help. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I was just like, okay, well, I'll just use, like, manipulate objects and lean on them to raise my foot or try to put my foot on objects higher and higher, yeah. which works, but also just takes a lot of Training. Right, and it's like one of those things you just gotta be consistent with, yeah. and if it's yeah, you're not consistent and with it. And it's like the most unsexy shit. Yeah, dude, ever. training for foot, like mobility yeah. shit sucks. It's like training for endurance. It is. It's it's I've, it's I've like done arcing, my endurance dude. training too, and it's uh, heinous. It's like arcing. But nobody wants to do that. If I, I could probably do much better at bouldering if I had a better flexibility. If I, I don't even know what it is. Just my lower back agree. or my yeah. hip or. I mean, what? it's probably. It's probably the whole <laughs> hodgepodge of But you st you're still able to climb things because that's the beauty of climbing is there's not yeah. one way to do it. There's not one best way to do it. Yeah. And like we've, the amount of times we've gone and like one of us is sent first and then the next person sent it I with different a, beta. I, yeah, I think it's really an actual, a lot of it is mental. I think yeah. more so than anything else because it rarely anything 
nothing else has changed in the environment except one of us, and that's happened multiple times. Oh yeah. Where like one person goes, and then it's like, oh, well now it's possible because we. I think we realized that like, like I think you realized like, oh, if I can send something, yeah, you can send yeah. it, and I'm not a vice versa. I'm like, if George can send it, unless it's a fucking dino, <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe I can well, yeah, find I mean, a weird way to get it. Yeah, here, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I w- so I would say for for me, a huge weakness. We've already talked about fingers. Finger strength has been a huge weakness of mine. That's like glaring. Um, also, the ability to like, because I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit taller than you and have a slightly larger ape index. Yeah. So, and we have just completely different climbing styles. Yeah. Whereas George fucking is like, like you have, I think, shorter legs and pretty long arms. So you can kind of get into bunchy positions and explode yeah. out of yeah, it. You're really powerful. You've always been powerful. I remember you canvassing shit in like our first couple years of climbing and I couldn't even like, I couldn't, I, there's no fucking way I could ever do this. Whereas I come from a, I think my background in, with like yoga, yoga yeah. really helped me in like certain aspects of like dance and movement, like really made it to where I wanted to uh, make my movement more dancey and like use my entire body. I hate jumping to things. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much anymore, but I'm just like, I would rather do a really fucking weird foot switch, toe hook, and just bat hanger, you know, something that's yeah. really weird that doesn't normally work for other people. You know that's what, how I climb things. You know what's funny about that too, now that we've been talking about it, is that it might, one thing that's definitely reinforcing that, probably from the very get-go, was one, my ability to try as hard as I can, right off the bat, it may be that advantage of power, right? Yeah, totally. Whereas like, if you said it was, takes a very long time for you to get into the mindset of really turning it on, yeah. then you're going to try to make the climbing easier. Totally. So you just have to try as hard. Yeah, that's kind of usually it's my kind of, goal. Is like make if, it easier. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed oh, this okay. is kind of a part of part of my climbing. If there's a move that is really hard, I will try to find any way to not do okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> but and I usually can find a way oh, totally. to make it not that move. Where I'll just be like, fuck it, I'll just do it this other way. Like, I don't know. It, it's I'm always going to try to find the easiest way, which is like good for sending, but not necessarily good for progressing myself as. A climber. Rare, yeah. It's and so that's what I try to do in the gym now. If I can find a beta break, I'll break I'll break the beta and be like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it my way. And then I'll go back nice. and say, okay, now I have to do, do it, it the hard way. way. Yeah. I, I don't do it all the time. I should probably do it more. But like, when you're performing, it doesn't fucking matter. No, you're just trying yeah, to sit, yeah. and that's what's awesome about it. Like on this trip. I'll probably try to break beta for oh, dude, I'll be, I'd be skipping holes for sure, dude. I don't even have that much of an ape index, but if I can oh, I'll be skip holes, fuck that. Um, I will say one uh, thing is that I climb with a lot of different people, and you have some of the best footwork ever. Thank you. I have always had better footwork than I've had any type of strength. <laughs> I have always, I have always, I remember multiple times people um, telling me that I climb more like a woman than I climb yeah, like a man, definitely. as like a derogatory thing, and I was just oh. like, dude, have you watched a, a woman climb? It's, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. And I think, yeah, wanting it, I think again, that like background in yoga and dance where it's very flowy, and there's like no, it's not climbing robotic, it's like trying to make it all one thing. Yeah. Is, been a huge part of climbing. I love it when it feels 
hard, but it also flows, and there's no like hiccups in the movement. Yeah. I so like it's Explain it like that too. It's because I feel like that's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. But it's the style is so drastically different. But the right. experiential feeling of the flow and the effortlessness between the moves is kind of cool. It's because so like nice. you might be like you know back step toe hook switch into a heel drop into something else yeah and i might be like oh i'm just gonna grab this hold and jump <laughs> to yeah. the other hold yep. and it feels similar we're getting the same experience, yeah, experience. just in a different way yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's, it's kind of amazing um, i think one thing yeah. that we should talk about is like things tidbits or tricks that you feel like either that you've done or that you've helped people do that's actually made difference for their like improve their climbing in some way. Hmm. And I think one of the only thing, the one thing that struck out in my mind when I said that was um, linking it back almost to the tryhard, like getting into the mind state of tryhard. Yeah. And sometimes it's just hard to get into it, like the yep. ability turning it on. I mean, uh, having a tryhard isn't the hard part. It's bringing the tryhard out. Yes, unearthing it. Yep. Unearth- unearthing totally. the tryhard, exactly. Totally. And so something that I started really young in my climbing career that I still tell certain people who need that is find your free throw dribble. Mm-hmm. Like NBA players or whoever, fucking anybody who plays basketball probably has a certain, typically, or I did when I played basketball, has a certain rhythm to uh, free throws where they'll maybe backsplit the basketball once and dribble twice and then shoot. And they might repeat that sequence every single time to get their body primed for whatever it is that they're doing. And I like to help people be like, find your free throw. And so like if you're bouldering and you're sitting down underneath your problem, it can be something ridiculously stupid. Like mine was like chalk up with your eyes closed, breathe, move the chalk bucket, chalk up again and go like something super simple that you can just habituate to be like okay now my body knows that it's time to do work hell yeah i love that mine is uh (laughs) yeah i think you you definitely inspired a lot of that too um because i have like a, a just a breath thing i do right before i pull on it's just a it's just a forceful yeah that's it and like i can just sink into that flow state it's almost just like you're opening the the door to the flow state you're just like and here we go <laughs> serious yep. um and i yeah i kind of attribute mine to like when i played because i played baseball more than i played basketball and like you know how once you're in the batter's box everybody had like a thing you would tap yeah, the bat yeah, yeah, you would yeah. tap your cleats mine was the same every time the ritual tap tap i did the same thing every time yeah. and uh it just yeah it's a, just a way it's almost like a weird um, it's a primer. It feels shaman, like weirdly shamanic or like magic. Yeah, where you're yeah. just like, it, there's so much intention around it, you're just like sinking. Yep. Boom, I'm here. Yeah. Um, that's fucking cool. I mean, yeah. kind of. It's like, it is setting intention in totally. more or less. It's almost like getting, totally. going in for a, a psychedelic experience. Absolutely. Like, I gotta set the stage, fucking yeah. get things ready. <laughs> my stage. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I, um, I think. I feel like I'm the, the the way I like to support other climbers. I feel like I'm almost better at that than 
climbing <laughs> is like giving people the positive feedback yeah. and like getting them to try hard. Yeah, get them like excited. in the moment as they're climbing. Some people don't like that, but a lot of people really do. Of just like fucking come on, like you know what to do. Get the foot on, like stick the foot, pull down with the heel. You know, it's like all the all the. Uh, the little, yeah, the little subtleties and just reminding people, like, oh, especially you just, with you, too, you because so you're, you're not the best at remembering your beta. Or breathing, <laughs> or, or yeah, you, you black out and just try as hard as you can, <laughs> which is fucking cool, and I wish I could do it sometimes. But the amount of times that you've been, yeah, we've been projecting cool. something, and you will do it out. one way, and then jump immediately on, and do it a completely different way, and I'm just like, George, do you remember your beta? And you're like, no, I have no fucking clue. And so I think... And it just depends on your time. Yeah. Like we make a really good team because yeah, I think we, you help me it get really fucking psyched, and I help really you. Yeah. When you hear it, yeah, it's almost like you. I definitely hear it, but it's not like I'm listening. That's right. Oh yeah. Weird. Like, no, totally. Yeah. It's a remind. It's like a. It's almost like a thought from another head. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> totally. which is no different than totally. thoughts in my own head. Right. They just come out of nowhere and go to nowhere. Right. But it's almost what it feels when I'm on the wall because it's like movies like breathe. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I should I really be breathing here. Yeah, because yeah. you don't really notice it in the moment. No. But you're, you're intaking all of it. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I feel like that was probably the best way that I feel like I've helped other climbers. And I don't know. I, I feel like one of my strengths is figuring out beta. That's one of my favorite parts is like the problem solving. Never climbed it before. Maybe you're sussing out some moves. And then like trying to figure out the way to do this. So you're gonna flash some of these things. I mean I've never touched on. I'm not gonna I mean I like to I don't like to look at it as like I can't flash that. But no what we're gonna say is <laughs> we're gonna try to flash. We are gonna try as hard as I can to flash. Yes. Things. Yes. Um and like that is one of my favorite fucking things in the world. Keep going. I just still not I, I tend to not try hard on my flash attempt, which I need to get better at because it's like if you flash a fucking I would be so psyched. Or if I flashed a V7, I'd feel psyched. Like, yeah. you know. So, we'll give it a shot. There's a lot of things we haven't touched that... I think I have a good shot at Mr. Moran, which is like a sloping V7 yeah, kind of yeah. lip traverse, which is like, I'm really yes. good at lip traverses because I can milk a fucking heel and toe hook. It's like a Lexisizer, but a harder top now. Yeah. And I can shit on a Lexisizer. Yeah, back Which is back. a dopey thing. Hilarious. Um, and I, oh my god, it's one of my favorites too because there's so many like the beta, you just have to remember like a few.